0: Agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hello Las Vegas, happy Wednesday to you. You know what Wednesday means? I didn't even finish my Wednesday greeting because I was so excited to tell you that Wednesday night is church night. 7 o'clock tonight, you can join us here at Liberty Baptist Church on Rainbow and Lake Mead Boulevard at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. We'd love to have you, your children, your neighbors, your neighbor's children, maybe not your dogs, because if everyone brought their dogs, we would have to start a um, a puppy-sitting class. And I don't think we're equipped for that just yet. So you, your children, people, all the people that you know, come out and join us tonight at 7 o'clock for our Wednesday night service. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KBXL LP Experience Liberty Radio, coming to you live from Studio B. If you have questions, suggestions, or comments for the show, you can email us, radio at experienceliberty.com, or call us at seven zero two six four seven four five two two. And, of course, you can tweet me. I'm on Twitter, at The You can use the hashtag, #askfriddle if you have questions you'd like for me to answer during the show itself. I will check that in just a little bit and answer your question. So yesterday was the West Virginia primary on the Democratic side, West Virginia and Nebraska primary on the Republican side. Uh, Donald Trump won both Nebraska and West Virginia. In the one-way race, he took 61% of the vote in Nebraska to Ted Cruz's 19% and John Kasich's 11 in West Virginia's one-way race. He took 77% of the vote to Ted Cruz's 9% of the vote. And we will see if those numbers continue to head that direction or if they stay that way and what effect, if any, that will have on the general election results. Because you always have in elections past where the candidates have dropped out, but generally they've dropped out long before now, but they're still the bleeders that say as a matter of principle they're not going to vote for the front runner because they like so-and-so better, and so they do. I don't remember... I could be wrong, but I don't remember anyone taking... 19 and 11 percent of the vote in a state after it was down to a one man race. I don't remember the front runner only getting 61 percent anywhere, which I think could be bad news for Mr. Trump. But I again, I could be wrong if you know the answer to that and you think I am wrong. Tweet me at the fertile on the Democratic side, though, it's getting very interesting. Yesterday, only West Virginia primaried. But in West Virginia, Bernie Sanders got 51% of the vote to Hillary Clinton's 36%. That gave him 16 delegates and her 11. So for pledged delegates, Hillary Clinton has 1,716. Bernie Sanders has 1,430. Oh, but Hillary Clinton's the presumptive nominee. I see this everywhere. That's because of superdelegates. Super delegates, Hillary has 523 and Sanders has 39. These are the delegates that aren't elected and they can pretty much willy-nilly do whatever they want. Which, if you add those in, then Hillary has basically um, a 770 delegate lead, it looks like. But there are over a 1,000 delegates still available on the Democratic side. I believe the number I saw yesterday was if Bernie Sanders wins 67% of the remaining delegates, Hillary Clinton could be in big trouble. And the man is on a roll right now. Like, he just keeps winning. He's winning so much, he's going to get tired of winning. I mean, you want to talk about winning. This guy, this guy is winning all the time, all over the place. I don't know, if you're a Hillary supporter... I'd be getting concerned right about now because he's got so much momentum happening over there so Paul Ryan is set to meet with Donald Trump he has said that he will step down from being the chairman of the GOP convention if Mr. Trump asks him to of course this follows the spat earlier this week where Mr. Ryan said that he was not ready at this time to support Mr. Trump after which Trump replied that he was not ready at this time to support the speaker's agenda for America Gotta love politics. My personal thought there is is twofold. One, Paul Ryan's district in Wisconsin went heavily, and I mean heavily, to Ted Cruz. Uh, He is obviously up for re-election this year, so you don't want to antagonize all those Ted Cruz supporters if you're running in that district and just come right out and be like, yay, Trump. He's thinking about his own re-election. Yes, that's true. I don't find that as epically terrible as many other people do because it's his job and he believes that he is called to serve our country and that's what he's doing. I I mean, yeah. There are certain things that I'm not allowed to say on the radio because I want to keep my job. There are other things that though I could say them, I choose not to because I want to keep my job. Makes sense? So, personally I think this is about job security for Paul Ryan but I also think it's about principle he's he's talked about principle before and I think that in saying in, in delaying this and then allowing himself to meet with Trump he's giving himself the opportunity to meet with him and say look this is what I this is how I think you should govern if you want my support this is what conservatism is this is what we want to do for America now whether or not he'll actually do that we can banter back and forth Whether or not you think he's a good speaker, we can banter back and forth. I would submit that he is a far superior speaker to our last speaker. And the one before him. But that's a matter of opinion, I suppose. London has elected its first ever Muslim mayor. (laughs) Uh, Who said that he is afraid... That Mr. Trump, if he is elected, won't allow him to travel into the United States. Mr. Trump's campaign then issued the response that there will be, always be exceptions to his Muslim ban. <laughs> oh, Which makes you say, and what exactly is it that qualifies you for a, the exception for the ban? Do you have to be elected mayor of a city or, or president of a country or dictator or like at at what point do you reach the level of no longer being banned i you gotta love america right now all the time really you have to love america but right now it's just particularly sadly amusing the kremlin is considering releasing tens of thousands of emails that they hacked off of can you guess Hillary's private email server, the Kremlin, the Kremlin is considering releasing tens of thousands of emails. Can you imagine that? Our own government is like, dude, we want to see the emails. And they're like, I don't know what happened to them. I think they just disappeared. You know, I think, I think they're gone. Which, by the way, there's so much illegal junk happening with that whole situation I don't know how Hillary could be elected president anyway, because technically, she should be in prison. I'm not saying that because, you know, well, you just don't like Hillary. No, I'm saying she's literally a traitor, and that's where traitors go. Because you, you don't get to do that. You have made classified information available to the world by violating our laws. I mean, Richard Nixon, think about how many minutes were there of the Watergate tapes, and then think about how much information... Hillary has. Released. And the Kremlin is like, yeah, we got him. We can we can help you out. We'll release him to the whole world. Oh. It's terrible. You know what else is terrible? We're going to talk about some terrible stuff, and then we'll get to some better news. But nearly one in six young men in the United States are either jobless or incarcerated. This is a new report just released by our government, uh, I think, on Monday. One in six... That is a dismal statistic on the state of our country. We have 5 million jobless, 1 million incarcerated between the ages of 18 and 30 men. And there's just so much sadness and hopelessness and lack of direction and vision and downright misery in our country right now. I mean, people are just not happy. And you know there's only one answer to that right? I mean we can talk about economics. We can talk about political parties. We can talk about how building a wall will make our country great again. We can talk about how giving everyone free college will make our country great again. But the bottom line is none of these things are actually true. Mankind is born with a sinful nature and unless we change people's hearts we won't change their behavior. And joy and happiness doesn't come from building a wall or getting free education. It comes from Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with Him. Okay. Enough doom and gloom. Here's something crazy. Have you seen this? There is a Harvard alumni who's also a financial advisor. Right? So, so I want you to picture in your mind what you would think of when you think of a Harvard alumni who's a financial advisor. Right? You got that picture? Okay. Do you want to know what he has what he is doing, what he has done? <laughs> His name is Damien DeGrazia. He works on Wall Street. And he has created a a a uh a group I don't even know how to Harlem Fight nights. It's not your typical Hand to hand male combat, though. These guys dress up literally in medieval suits of armor and attack each other with axes and clubs and medieval weaponry. There are teams of them, and the object is last man standing on your team wins. (laughs) I'm not kidding. This is from the Daily Mail. As comfortable in a suit as he is in full-body armor, this Wall Street guy's hobby is to go medieval on other men and bash their heads in with clubs and hatchets. Damien De Grazia is a founding member of a New York group dedicated to a modern version of medieval hand-to-hand combat, part of a larger armored combat league. In this sport, the goal is to take everyone on the opposing team to the ground, De Grazia, who's 35, says in a recent mini-documentary called Harlem Fight Night, produced by Mel Magazine. And how do the knights force their opponents to the ground? By charging them with medieval-style weapons, of course. Duh. <laughs> what were you thinking? The fighting is brutal, and although pra- practitioners wear heavy armor and steel helmets, it looks like a painful hobby. Yes, it does. The pictures look very painful. De Grazio- told New York's PIX11 that he suffered two dislocated shoulders and a cut to the forehead after he accidentally bashed himself in the face with a mace. He bashed himself in the face with a mace. And these guys do this for fun. According to 2014 Men's Journal story, the rules of the fighting are simple. Weapons must be blunt and are subject to a weight limit, and thrusting and stabbing is illegal. Otherwise, nearly anything goes. In a melee-style fight between two teams of several knights, the last team standing wins. DeGrazia says ACL fighting is a martial artist dream. The American League of this thing has 200 fighters. And this is a sport, quote-unquote sport, in over 20 countries. They do world championships of this medieval cage fighting, team cage fighting, if you will. And they're having the next world championship in Portugal at the end of the month. This, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, it's like civilization didn't even happen in the world. It's like technology isn't a thing. I get like civil war reenactors and stuff. Because they're, you know, acting out historical battles. And they're not actually... Shooting each other, they're just reenacting. But these guys are actually donning suits of armor in order to engage in hand-to-hand combat in their armor. Why? Why would you do this? Maybe, maybe because I'm not a guy, I just don't get it. But I, I really just don't get it. Oh, wait. I feel like if that was the ideal way. To fight, all the fighting guys, and when I say fighting guys, I mean no disrespect to our military, but this is how ridiculous I find this, would still be wearing suits of armor and attacking each other with maces and and clubs and axes and stuff. But then again, we do have entire sports based on people hitting each other with their fists, including women, so that's pretty primal too, so... I guess, to each their own. Here's another crazy bit of information. Budweiser is changing its branding to America for the summer through the election. Is that nuts or what? Now, granted, that's pretty much brilliant marketing. I mean, you've got the 4th of July coming, you've got Memorial Day coming, you've got the election coming. It's a big season of patriotism that we're stepping into. But America, really? You would think there has to be some kind of trademark on America, right? I mean, or can Red Bull just come out one day and be like, "Now we are America"? Or how about M and M's? They can just start being America. Hey, I want some America, and everybody's gonna be like, "I don't know. What does that mean? You mean you want freedom? You want liberty and justice for all? What? What exactly?" And you'd be like, "No, the coffee. No, the M and M's. Or, or what about Disneyland?" Can Disneyland just rebrand itself as America for the entire summer? And people will be like, yeah, I'm going to America for my summer vacation. And everybody sit there scratching their heads like, yeah, okay, me too, have fun. Although really, I'm I'm kind of surprised no one thought of this before. Because it is brilliant marketing. I just, I don't like it. I don't like my country, the name of my country, being relegated and demoted to a beer brand. Because that's not America. That's not what made America great, and that's surely not what's going to make America great again, if you go for that mantra. I mean, beer isn't even an American creation. So I'm just just—I'm not a fan of it. America is America. Did you ever wonder what would happen if instead of being named after the mapmaker Amerigo Vespucci, we had actually been named after Christopher Columbus? Like, what would the name of America be then? The United States of Christopher? The United States of Columbus? Columbia, that one's already taken. But it wasn't at the time. So someone is commenting that M&M's would have to brand, brand themselves as Canada. Mm, no. N- no. Because M&M's are in fact made in New Jersey, I believe, is where the M&M Mars plant is. So that that wouldn't work. Although, I think if another beverage brand wanted to one up Budweiser they could just instead of making their brand be America they could just go America be like boom America our brand is America <laughs> All right so should we add an additional 18 trillion dollars in debt over the next decade it's an open question anyone can answer you can tweet me should we add an additional 18 trillion dollars in debt over the next ten years, that's a ton of debt. Should we spend eighteen trillion dollars that we do not have twelve zeros trillion trillion with twelve zeros because if Bernie Sanders become president, that's the minimum that we would be adding to our debt according to a new bipartisan report. so this isn't some crazy uh you know right wing group that's doing this no bipartisan. Newport. From Fox News, Senator Bernie Sanders' tax and spending proposals would provide new levels of health and education benefits for American families, but they'd also blow an $18 trillion hole in federal deficits piling on so much debt they would damage the economy. That sobering assessment comes from a joint analysis released Monday by the nonpartisan Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center and the Urban Institute Health Policy Center, well-known Washington think tanks. The bottom line? Democratic presidential candidate Sanders would raise taxes by more than $15 trillion over 10 years, with most of that paid by upper-income earners. By the way, you're probably a lot closer to that, quote, upper-income level than you think. Do some research. You might be scared. But that wouldn't be enough to cover the cost of his proposed government-run health care system, along with free undergraduate college, enhanced Social Security, family medical leave, and other new programs. As a result, in addition to the $15 trillion taxpayers would be paying for all these programs, we would also add another $18 trillion to federal debt in just one decade. This dramatic increase in government borrowing would crowd out private investment, raise interest rates, further increase government borrowing costs, and retard economic growth, the analysis concluded. Wow. That is not good news. I'm sorry. I said we were going to transition to good news, and that was not it. (laughs) So instead, here's here's something good. Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals... Krispy Cream can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use, and you can visit KrispyKreme.com fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. When we get back in just a minute, we are going to have Barbara Marshall. Barbara is the mom of Broncos Denver Broncos linebacker, Brandon Marshall. She's going to join us. Uh, Since this past week was Mother's Day, we wanted to get a, a fun mom on here, so we're going to talk with her. For now, this is going to be Jimmy Nito. No, no, no. We're going to save him. We're going to do Chris Tomlin at the cross. We'll be back in just a minute. Do not go away. And welcome back. You're listening to KVXL LP 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas. We're very excited today. We have, well, you know that the Broncos are my favorite team of all the teams and all the sports. The Broncos are the only ones that anyone should watch, really. And uh, Denver Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall's mom, Barbara, has joined us today on the show. Barbara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Good morning everyone. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. And I think it's really cool too, uh, being here in Las Vegas. I didn't realize until my brother Jonathan helped us connect that uh Brandon grew up here in Las Vegas, is that right?
1: Yes he did. He did. Right that, in North Las Vegas.
0: Very cool. Very where did he uh did he go to high school here?
1: Yes, he went to high school in
0: Cimarron. Awesome. I voted at Cimarron. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So did you ever think that one day your son would grow up not only to play in the NFL, but go on to win the Super Bowl?
1: Well, um, you know, he showed signs early of being great in sports and he had a passion for football. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I saw him doing great things, but uh, it's just been amazing how his career has just exploded
0: it really has you know and being having grown up a broncos fan you know it was it was fun to watch him go from did he sign with was it the jaguars that he signed with out of the draft
1: yes yeah they drafted him fifth round Mm
0: -hmm. and then he comes over to the broncos he's on the um he's on the practice squad i think and then he ended up coming in after someone got injured i forget who it was and then just became pretty much our, our superstar linebacker there which is just phenomenal story in and of itself, but and now he's doing all these great things in the community as well. When uh, when did he first get involved with sports, and was it always just football?
1: No. Um, I actually I have uh, two sons. Uh, he has a brother, Marcus, and I started them out early in sports. So the first thing that they did um, was soccer at three, mm-hmm. and um, then it progressed to t-ball, baseball. Um, Brandon couldn't play football until he was eight, um, because of you know how his birthday fell for the mm-hmm. Pop Warner rules. Sure. So um, Marcus was able to start at seven. So Brandon was a little, you know, teed about that. <laughs> he really, really wanted to play football. That he was, you know, he's always been passionate about it. But they played, you know, golf, tennis, uh, basketball. Um, the other great sport they played was baseball. Mm-hmm. But he ultimately fell into football, and he also ran track. So wow, He's just an all-around athlete.
0: Do you think that helps kids if you get them involved in more than one sport? Does that make them a better, rounded athlete to eventually pursue whatever sport is their main sport?
1: Well, you know, it depends on on the on the child. For me, um, as a single mom, it was a matter of keeping them um, busy, <laughs> and you know, so they're busy they stay out of trouble yeah and um they showed interest in you know football and baseball and so i wanted to do my best to you know keep them in it as much as possible but i i think you know as a parent if you can um gauge what it is that you're you know your child's interested in and even if it is just one sport Mm -hmm. and you know they can excel at that then then that's wonderful
0: so obviously this last Sunday was Mother's Day and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on to talk about uh some parenting tips but before we get there I, I remember a story you you worked with my brother and write some different articles for him and I remember I think it was was it last Mother's Day that Brandon got you a pretty uh, epic gift.
1: Yes. Yes. Surprised me with a new car. Uh very 2015 cool. Chevy Equinox, yes. <laughs> did, was he... I had no idea.
0: <laughs> did, he, did he come through again this year?
1: Uh, what they did was uh, my <laughs> birthday was April 11th, and they got me again. They surprised me. They had a, a big birthday party for me with all my friends and family. Um, they flew me out to Vegas. I had no idea. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just going out there just to, you know, go to a show, sure. hang out a little bit with the family, and I walk in and and there's everybody, so it was, it was very emotional. And um, then we went to show, and you know, so I was able to just spend four or five days with with the family. So that was Mother's Day, birthday, all rolled up in one.
0: Very nice. So obviously, you've you've done a great job raising your boys. They're they're considerate, they're com- compassionate, they're effective in the community, reaching out. What is it? that made you successful as a parent, do you think? Well, because, you know, a lot of parents aren't in your shoes. Most parents don't have kids that are playing professional sports or in the spotlight like this. How did you keep them on the straight and narrow, if you will, and keep them them centered and grounded?
1: A lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. Um, I kept them in church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, church activities, the choir, uh, the church step team. um things in the community, Brandon was part of, Brandon and Marcus were both part of the Capital Leadership League, which was, was uh, sort of a mentoring program for young men, mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, if they decide to go to college then they and they want to um, join a fraternity, um, then they can, and just, you know, family support.
0: Mm-hmm. And how so, did you deal with the transition from, you know, their... They're young, they're little boys, they're playing football, and then they become teenagers. And and it's just you, you know, you're the single mom. How did you deal with that transition from boyhood to manhood?
1: Well, um, I just, you know, took it one day at a time, And I I still, you know, kept them busy. They were still in church, working, um, you know, doing activities. I worked two jobs for a while, but I still, um, they were good boys. They were yeah. really good boys, you know, in school, out of school. I didn't have any problems, so I never got any kind of phone call. So they made it easy for me, you know. They they listened, and um, they had good friends, and uh, they they enjoyed the activities and you know being in church.
0: So, so what's your I what's know. your what's one of your favorite memories from uh, from Brandon growing up?
1: One of my favorite memories was when he was, and I tell this story all the time, when he was about five, and uh, Marcus had come home, we had gotten his pads and helmets, and, you know, all of his equipment yeah. for football. And um, Brandon, he was upset because, you know, he couldn't play, he was too young, and so he took Marcus' his equipment and didn't give it back, he didn't want to give it back, so <laughs> he kept it the whole night, actually fell asleep in it, and... Uh, oh. That was one of the funniest things because he just, I think that was when he, I knew, I knew that, okay, he really loves football more than, you know, more than any other sport.
0: Yeah. So then he so he falls asleep at five years old with the football pads on, ends up getting, uh, he ended up at the University of Nevada, is that right? That's where he did his college yeah. ball? Yeah. And then he gets drafted. What was that like from a mom's perspective? How, I mean, that must be. An incredible
1: night. It was incredible. Um it was such a blessing just to know um that he you know, that a team was looking at him and considering him. And so um when he got the call and his name flashed across the screen it was just it was just joyous. We, I mean there's nothing like it. That's it's a once in a lifetime, you know, feeling and, and you know that not a lot of young men have this opportunity so it truly was a blessing
0: yeah and this is something i've always wondered so you're sitting there you you know you're probably going to get drafted hoping you're going to get drafted are you you, did brandon have any teams that he was like i'd really like to play for these guys or these guys or is it just a matter of boy i really hope somebody picks me and i don't care who it is
1: it was basically um i just want to get drafted i just want to play in the nfl sure sure you And now he's with his favorite team. He grew up um, a Broncos fan.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So. So he's playing for cool. probably. I'm guessing. Uh, th- I think he's a little younger than I am. So he would have grown up watching John Elway, and now he gets to play yes. for Elway. That mm-hmm. is really cool.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. And for him to, you know, to be able to play with Peyton Manning, and um, they have a special friendship um, as well. So I mean, there's a lot of firsts, and you know, the, he's making memories that, um, you know, he can tell his great-grandkids, great-great-grandkids. You oh, know? sure.
0: Yeah. Do you have any cool uh, Brandon Payton stories?
1: Um, the story of how he ended up being called up from the practice squad, he tells the story of, you know, he, Brandon's a hard worker. Yeah, And, you know, he was out there and stopped in Payton. Payton couldn't get a pass off or... You know, he was reading whatever Peyton was doing before he was doing it, and, and it, he got frustrated. And he was like, "Hey, <laughs> who's that guy?" You know, he went into the the uh, when they went into the meeting, I guess, and he was like, "Who is that guy? Who's that D. Marshall?" Or, or, you know, whatever he called it. That guy's good. I think we need to pull him up. And so, you know, from there, then they really started looking at him and saying, "Hmm," you know, because Peyton noticed it. And then you know the coaches started looking
0: and went from there. Yeah, and that is about the highest compliment I think that you could get as a, as yes. a defensive back or a linebacker is to have Peyton Manning yes. single you out and say, "Hey, that guy is messing me up." Yes, yes. That that's very cool. I n- I never knew that. So are you gonna are you gonna be able to go to training camp or anything this year out in Denver?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Um, I may try to get to a couple of uh, practices.
0: Okay. This year. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. If you do, I think uh, I think John and I may be there for a few few days this year, okay. hopefully. So we'll have to we'll have to connect then. Where can people find yes. you online? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a public Twitter account?
1: Um, yes, I, I have an Instagram NFL Mom fifty four, and um, Twitter is B. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> BM Marshall. That's my Twitter handle.
0: BM Two five. Marshall. Uh-huh, 2-5. Two 2-5. Five. Two five. All right, there you go. So uh-huh. if you'd like to connect with Barbara on Instagram or Twitter, you can find her there. And you also write, uh, you do some writing over at broncoswire.com, I believe, as well, yeah? Yes. Very cool. All right, well, Barbara, I thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you with us, and I hope you have a great day. And I, I'm really hoping that uh brandon gets i believe he's working on the free agent tender right now is that what's happening
1: yes yes
0: i hope he Just gets that signed because we definitely want to keep him in denver and as a fan if mr elway is listening i let's let's sign brandon right after we get von dealt with let's make <laughs> brandon number two priority <laughs> that's right that's right all
1: right well, thank, thank you barbara so much for having me yeah have a all great right. day you too bye-bye
0: bye all right, everyone. That was Brandon Marshall, Broncos linebacker number fifty-four. That was his mom talking about some parenting tips and uh, what it was like being Brandon Marshall's mom. Well, what it is like, still, still his mom. We're gonna play Jimmy Needham with "It Is Finished" right now, and we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to KVXL LP one hundred one point one FM here in Las Vegas. Don't go away. Thousands of years ago, a story began. Let there be. Mine. The story that will never
1: end, because this is the story of God's love for us.
0: I have heard their cry. Oh, look, the wounds! I, I can't believe my eyes. No we shall be able to pass on dry land, see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> he is sent to heal the brokenhearted and to announce that captives shall be released. Father. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. He has risen. He's alive.
1: Welcome to the Lamplighter Classic Audio Series. You are there. Now, you can enjoy this Lamplighter Classic. You are there, together as a family.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL LP 101.1 FM. That was Jimmy Needham with It Is Finished Testelestai. That's the Greek word for It Is Finished. And then that was a generic uh, Lamplighter Theater promo. We air Lamplighter Theater here on KVXL every Saturday at noon. It's our cap on our Saturday morning kids time. If you have kids or for those of you who are young at heart and enjoy things like Adventures in Odyssey and Patch the Pirate and songs about camp food and, you know, I think we play some Disney music on Saturday mornings too. Saturday mornings are just fun, so I would encourage you, at least once... Listen to us on Saturday mornings or have us playing in the background because you and your kiddos might enjoy our fun Saturday morning time. Tomorrow on the show, we are going to talk about uh, what Vladimir Putin is saying the world should do. Yes, yes, believe me, you do want to know this, how Oregon officials are are really getting a little getting things messed up. Also, national gay monument considering having one of those. And Israel. We're going to talk a lot about Israel tomorrow and the Golan Heights. You do not want to miss that. On Monday, we are going to have Robert Herjavec. If you're a Shark Tank fan, is the Robert. Nice Robert. The one that sits all the way on the right if you're looking at your screen. Like Not Mark Cuban. Not the basketball guy. The one on the other end. Robert Herjavec is going to be on, on Monday. I'm really excited about that. Actually, a little bit nervous. I don't usually get nervous for interviews. That one I'm a little bit nervous about. (laughs) Oh, so we just had football mom on. Brandon Marshall's mom, Barbara. Really sweet lady. Enjoyed talking with her. I probably may have enjoyed it more than you, unless you're a Broncos fan, Then you probably enjoyed it as much as I did, hopefully. Our congrats go out to those of you that are graduating down at PCC today, including our friend Renita, who does Friday trivia with us. She is at... Uh, PCC right now graduating, Our congratulations to her and to everyone else graduating today at Pensacola. But anyway, what I was going to say is we talked about one football mom, and so I thought I would throw this story in here because it's related. This is from the Washington Post. No to Rolexes, yes to Brownies. Eli Apple's mom is the NFL Draft's official Winners. The NFL Draft happened a few weeks ago. It's safe to say that Eli Apple's mom, Annie, has made such of an impact on football fans in the past eight days or, I'm sorry, has made as much of an impact on football fans in the past eight days as her son has. Last week, the Ohio State standout was taken 10th overall in the 2016 NFL Draft by the New York Giants. Annie Apple told Eli not to pick up the phone when he got a call because she thought it was a telemarketer. It wasn't. It was the Giants. That would be just the first of many moments Annie has endeared herself to the internet in the past week. She began her spotlight tour by tweeting, quote, praying for all the thirsty girls. um, I'm going to paraphrase what she said to keep it family friendly. Trying to get the attention of the new NFL rookies. Only Jesus can quench your thirst. That tweet came hours after her son's college tweet teammate Ezekiel Elliott's Snapchat fiasco which if you were watching the draft, you know all about that. Ezekiel Elliott uh, was not wise with his Snapchat, and that was just a big deal. But so she tweeted this. Then... Annie chronicled her son's journey to the NFL Draft in Sports Illustrated, and she included commentary on how the NFL might improve the experience for the draft picks families during the festivities. She said, quote, There was a wonderful welcome reception for the family, though whomever planned the event forgot to include desserts. This is what happens when skinny women rule the world. They forget the chocolate. Clearly, the commissioner owes me a brownie. And she was, of course, being lighthearted when she said that. But according to ESPN, last week, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell made sure she got her dessert. They sent her a whole package of brownies just for her. But that wasn't all Annie had to say during draft week. She could probably write a draft etiquette book, actually, for the league, team, and players alike. She said, quote, Eli, this is her son, was offered Rolex watches and diamonds to wear on draft day. I told him, dude, you're an unemployed college dropout. You will not be on TV with a Rolex. So we decided if he needed to know what time it was, he could just look at his phone. And I bought him a portable charger. Now there's a good mom. She's like, you didn't didn't earn that. There's no reason that you deserve to be on TV with Rolex and diamonds. You, here is a phone charger. If you need to know the time, you keep your phone charged. Go, Mom. That's just a fun little story to get you on your way this Wednesday. Remember, we have church tonight at 7 o'clock. We'd love to have you here with us. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. You can also always find us online 24-7, 365 at kvxl101.com. You can catch this show at 7 a.m., 6 p.m. every day on KVXL or at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on the 405media.com. We also now have a podcast You can find us on SoundCloud. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Show and find past episodes of the show there. Hopefully, by the end of this week, you will also be able to find us on iTunes, which will be very exciting. Or at least, you know, to me, it's exciting. Hopefully, you can be excited about it, too. That's all the time we have left for today. Thank you for joining us Hope to see you tonight at church, and we are going to close the day. I haven't played this one in a while on the show, so we're going to close the day with The Hand That Holds the Storm from Veritas. Sing along if you know it.